Well, we're starting a new series on encouragement, and uh, there's three in this series. So the first week is encouragement in times of trouble, and then next week is encouragement when things are going well, and then the final week is how we encourage each other. So let's start today with finding encouragement in times of trouble. Life gets messy. We get stressed about a new job, a new school, a new project. Will I ever get married? Will I ever get a good job? Will I have enough money to live on and have a good life? Or when you get sick, or, and when the sickness lingers and it just doesn't seem to go, or when somebody dies, somebody you love dies or they're sick, or when maybe you break up with your girlfriend or a friendship breaks up, or when any of those things happen to your children. Or maybe it's just when you lose something precious and you simply feel like your dreams are just slipping away. There's so much good in life, but there's also very messy times, times when we misunderstand things, we, we are disappointed. And I think as a Christian, it gets even more complex because we have a layer on top of that where we are praying to God about things and we're expecting God to change things for the better. And maybe we have some times when we know that God is there, but we're just not sure that he's actively involved in our lives. We know that he saved us, but he just doesn't seem to be working things out. And so how do we find encouragement? So encouragement can come from other people, your family, your friends, your church family. Sometimes it's as simple as a smile or a friendly word, or maybe somebody shares a scripture, or maybe it's just somebody saying, come and have a cup of coffee. And sometimes people are praying with you and helping you, taking you to a doctor or bringing you meals or whatever you need, and all these things can be encouraging. But there are also times when people let us down and they disappoint us, and this just adds to our feeling of discouragement. And of course we can try to encourage ourselves, we can, we can get lost in a good book or a film or we can take a holiday or go shopping and maybe some of those activities will help us for a short time but they're not going to deal with those deep feelings of discouragement and we know of course that God is the only source of true encouragement in our life. And so we can begin to question, you know, what is he like? Does he really care? Is he distant? Is he really interested in every aspect of my life? And so I want to look at this in three ways, three examples where we can have discouragement. And the first one is if we sin or when we sin. The second is when we have a traumatic event like a sickness or somebody dies. And the third one is when we're feeling discouraged simply because life's not going the way that we expect it would go. So to begin, when we sin. Now we looked at this last week. This is one of the spiritual disciplines. And we can make our life complicated because we are sinning. And we can tend to think that there are big sins and little sins. So the big sins are like murder and adultery and, and uh, stealing. And then the little sins are just cheating and lying and, you know, we call them white lies. But in the kingdom of God, there is no distinction between big and little sin. All sin is sin, and every sin separates us from the love of God. 
And as Paul says in Romans 3.23, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And of course, we need God to convict us of sin because unless we're aware that we're sinning, then we can't do anything about it. But let's say there's something that we're doing and we know it's sin, but we don't seem to be able to stop doing it. We might be able to stop for a while, but then it comes back. So say it's a flash of anger. So you can go along and deal with all sorts of issues for a long period of time, and then something small happens and you just lose it. And you feel the emotions just welling up inside you, and before you know it, you're saying or doing something that you regret. And you think, oh, I've done it again, Lord. And a good Christian wouldn't have done that. And so discouragement sets in. Or maybe you struggle with being critical or judgmental of other people. And we know that God tells us not to judge others. And so for a while we love our enemies and we, we accept it and we go on. But then something happens and again it just rises up inside us and we hear ourselves in our minds saying critical things about people. And we get discouraged because we know that's not the mind of Christ. And we can think as Christians that we get better the longer that we are Christians. And that if we keep the faith and we practice our spiritual disciplines as we read our Bibles, that we will overcome a lot of sins. But I think part of maturing in faith is realising that we are sinners and that there are many hidden sins like pride or self-pity or being critical that we need to guard against and recognise and confess when it happens. Because... Jesus knows our every weakness. He knows what it's like for us. In Hebrews 4, 15, he says that there is, we have a high priest that is someone who will intercede for us before God. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus comes between us and God and all of those sins that should bring punishment and separation from God upon us, Jesus says, but hang on. Father, this person accepts me as Lord and Saviour and I have died for those sins. And so you can accept this person as you accept me and Jesus reconciles us to God. So we couldn't have a better person than Jesus to make that representation to Father God. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So even though we might think we're sinning and singing and singing, every time we sin, God cleanses, and we confess, God cleanses us from that unrighteousness. And it is no more counted against us. And so this is the way to deal with discouragement when we have sinned. It is to confess and to repent and to ask God for forgiveness and then to accept that forgiveness through Jesus Christ. So discouragement that comes from sinning is dealt with by confession and repentance because Jesus has died for all of those sins so that we can be forgiven. And when we accept God's forgiveness, we can feel that weight of discouragement lifting from us. So confession and repentance, one of the spiritual disciplines, comes in and will encourage us when we've sinned. So let's look at the second one. What about in sickness or loss? So we can feel discouraged when we're sick ourselves and it continues on and we don't seem to be getting better or when someone we love is sick or when someone we love dies. 
And this is not necessarily because of any sin, it's just the way life is. And we might be able to rationalise the, the death of somebody who's older and we say, well, they had a good life. Or if they're a Christian, we say, well, they're in heaven now. But it doesn't change the fact that we still miss that person. We miss just being with them and sharing with them. And so this can be a difficult time and we can feel discouraged. And in this instant, we need to understand that God is much more compassionate than we realise. In Psalm 56.8, it says that not only does God see our tears, he bottles them. He bottles our tears. Now, you don't keep things that are not important. All the unimportant things in your life you throw in the garbage. But the things that are important to you, well, you will keep. And you might have something precious to you that you keep in a bottle or a box or something that's important and you get out and you look at it. Here is God bottling our tears. That means that our hurt is much more important to God than we realise. Isaiah 63.9, the prophet is talking about how God sees all the hurts of his people and sustains them through suffering. And it says, in all their suffering, he also suffered and personally rescued them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them and he lifted them up and carried them through all the years. God hurts when we hurt. We see this when Jesus grieved for Lazarus in John 11:35. Jesus felt the grief of the family and he cried. God empathises with us, but he doesn't leave it there because he also lifts us up and he carries us. So, when we are discouraged by sickness or death, we need to turn our eyes on Jesus. We need to realise that he is hurting too and that he is carrying us. And we can ask him to help us rest in him. And there are many, many verses in the Bible about how God is compassionate for us. And I'll just read four. 2 Corinthians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Psalm 103.8 The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And Isaiah 49.13 Shout for joy. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on the afflicted. And Matthew eleven twenty eight to 29. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we may still have the feelings of discouragement during a time of sickness or the death of a loved one, but we can find great comfort in these verses, in these words that God has given to us over and over again in the Bible. And so this is a time to meditate on God's word. When we're feeling discouraged because of some trauma, we take the word and we meditate on it and we think about God's compassion towards us. Now what about the third one, when you're just generally feeling discouraged? 
when things are not going the way that you planned. So maybe you thought you would get a promotion last year and it still hasn't happened. Or maybe you really invested in a relationship and it just hasn't worked out. Or maybe you're praying for a family member to come to the Lord and you've been praying for a long time and nothing seems to happen. Or maybe you wanted to share more of your life with your husband and he dies. Or maybe you planned to have a lot of children and you only had one or two. I mean, there can be so many things in our life and I think it's good to plan. It's good to have hopes and dreams and think about the things that we want. There's nothing wrong with that. But when things don't turn out that way, how do we react? How do we cope when our plans and our dreams are not being realised? Because it's easy to become bitter and resentful towards God, particularly towards God. I mean, he created the world, so he can do anything, right? But of course, God says that his ways are higher than our ways. God always has a view to eternity and how we will enter eternity. Whereas we, we're thinking about things that are happening now in our lives. So we see the horizon, but God sees beyond the horizon that we see. He sees all the possibilities for our life, and we only see a few. And our present situation, whatever it might be, it's not our final situation. God has a plan for my life, and he has a plan for your life as well. And sometimes that plan involves things that I would rather avoid. So the way to encouragement when things are not going the way I want it to go is to submit to God, another spiritual discipline. Because God is so much more capable of managing, directing and designing my life than I will ever be, no matter how much study I do, no matter how much experience I have, no matter how many gifts God might give me, God is the great designer and author and finisher of my faith. And God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. In Jeremiah 29:11, God says that he has a plan for each one of us, a plan for a future, a plan of hope. And his plans are about everything that we need, everything that we need to be transformed into his likeness. And that will be different for each one of us because we're not cookie cutouts. God has a plan and a purpose that will be different for you and different for me. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, specially handcrafted by God, each one of us individually, created in Christ Jesus. Christ who created the whole world was created through Jesus. He has made us for good works. They're already designed for us that we can walk in. They have already been prepared in advance for us to walk in. So we may think that our life is off track, but God sees everything and is working everything for our good. And so the solution for this type of discouragement is to submit to God. And when we give our lives to God, we are saying that we're, we're not the best ones to direct where we go and what we do. We're acknowledging that God sees beyond the horizon, that he sees what we need, that he has a better plan for our lives than we do. When we submit, we can let go of our plans 
and we can embrace the idea that God is directing, correcting, and managing everything for our ultimate good, which is what Paul says in Romans 8.28. So we serve a God who takes the messiest, darkest, most dreadful moment of your life and he makes something beautiful out of it. And we see that in the death of Jesus. It's the darkest day in all of history, the Son of God who died and took on the sins of all the world. And that darkest day has won our freedom. Not only did Jesus overcome death, but he has overcome all of our sins and he's reconciled us to God. God brings beauty out of everything. So life gets messy and we get discouraged in many situations. But God doesn't leave us without solutions to that discouragement. So when we sin and we're discouraged, we need to confess and repent. When there's sickness and death, we need to meditate on God's word and soak in all the beautiful things that God has said about his compassion and love for us. And when we're discouraged because life isn't going the way we want it to go, then we need to submit to God and say, well, God, you're in charge. God has given us the tools to find encouragement even when we feel discouraged. And I want to just finish with two final scriptures, one from the Old Testament and one from the New. Deuteronomy 31.8 It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. This is Paul talking. This is Paul near the end of his life and he was suffering greatly. But he says, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction and Let's be real here, this was not light affliction. This is quite serious suffering that Paul was undergoing. But he's comparing it to the weight of glory that is waiting for him in heaven. So he says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And of course, God has many more scriptures to encourage us. But I just pray that the, the God of light and love will guide us all when we are feeling discouraged so that we may have our eyes to see into eternity, an eternity that he has prepared for each one of us. And that with that glimpse of eternity, our discouragement will be lifted. Amen.